Isaiah 35. I want to pick out just a verse or two, but I think I'm just going to read the whole thing so you can get the context. Starting in verse 1. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, our God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and the streams in the desert, and the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of waters in the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there. And a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. It's talking about, there, the first part, just uh, a time of dryness, and then there comes a time of singing and, and waters breaking out. And um, But what I'd like to look there is at verse 8. There is a highway, a way of holiness for each one of us to walk on. Um, nothing unclean shall be there. It is only for those that are seeking God and for the holy. How do we walk this way? How do we walk this way of holiness? I think um, I just have a few things I'd like to go through here. I believe one of the things is we, we must be broken. We must be broken before God. Um, you can turn to Psalms 51. Have a different passages here to read. Psalms fifty one seventeen. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. When we are broken before God, he will not despise us. When we come before him in true brokenness, he is not going to push us away. But when we come before him with with that um, that eye sticking up or itself God cannot hear us. Um, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 11.
1 Corinthians 11, verse 25. After the same manner, also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This is this cup is the New Testament in my blood. I'm sorry, 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. That's just Christ there when he was on the cross or at that time. Um, but what I want to pull out of there is just that Christ is a perfect example for us in this whole thing of brokenness. He took that first step for us to be broken for us. And that should just compel us to also to be broken. I think when we see the true brokenness of Christ, when he said, not my will, but thine be done, it will also break us when we realize it is our sin that nailed him to the cross and he was willing to do it just for me. Um, Another part is we need to have humility. If we're going to walk this way of holiness, there needs to be humility in our lives. Uh, 1 Peter 5 Chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. When we humble ourselves before God, that's when he can exalt us. And then um, Philippians 2, 3. Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Just to have that, not to esteem ourselves other, uh, higher than others, but to have that lowliness like Christ had, that mindset of lowliness. can turn to Galatians 5, chapter 5. Verse 29. 24, sorry. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Have we truly done that? Um, We need to. If we are walking with Christ, we need to have those things crucified. Those things come up in all different aspects of life. can come up in our attitudes, um, the way we portray ourselves to others, many different ways. But what what is the sense that people see from our lives? Is it that meekness like Christ? 
Then 1 Peter chapter 2. Peter 2, uh, verse 20, going down to 25. For what glory is it, if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if, when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even here unto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bare our sins on his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but now are ye returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Christ went through uh, many trials every time, but every time he did not strike back, but committed it to God. You know, a lot of times we want to make sure that we make things even or take care of things, but let's just let that up to God. He will, in due time, take care of those things. And he also just left us a wonderful example of his own life we can follow. A short poem I'd like to read here. It says, O oh, to be saved from myself, dear Lord, O oh, to be lost in thee, O oh, that it might be no more I, but Christ that lives in me. It's that picture of um, all of self being gone. Another thing is, we need to make a, const- a constant choice It's not something that happens once and then we go on, but it's everyday little decisions during the day, things that come up. Are we going to choose holiness or are we going to take our own route? You know, brokenness doesn't, yeah, like I said, it doesn't happen once. If someone hurts us or slights us, we immediately have a choice to make. We'll resist those or accept them and allow it to humble us. Turn to James 4, which is what we just sang. 4, verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. I'd like to read a short um, thing out of this study that we're going through. I felt... It explains it very well, and it's just with relating to others in this walk of holiness. And it also, it it all ties together, our walk with others. And I'm just going to read it here. An important thing about the highway, which has not been mentioned yet, is that we do not walk this highway alone. Others walk it with us. There is, of course, the Lord Jesus, but there are other wayfarers, too. And the rule 
of the road is that fellowship with them is, is as important as fellowship with Jesus. Indeed, the two are intimately connected. Our relationship with our fellows and our relationship with God are so linked that we cannot disturb one without disturbing the other. Everything that comes between us and another, such as impatience, resentment, or envy, comes between us and God. Those barriers are sometimes no more than veils, veils that through which we can still see to some extent see, but if not removed immediately, they are thickened, they thicken into blankets and then into brick walls. And when we are shut off from both God and our fellows, shut into ourselves, it is clear why these two relationships should be so linked. God is love. That is love for others. And the moment we fail in love towards another, we put ourselves out, for, out of fellowship with God. For God loves him, even if we don't. But more than that, the effects of such sins is always to make us walk in darkness. That is to cover up and hide what we really are or that we are really feeling. That is always the meaning of darkness. In Scripture... For while the light reveals, the darkness hides. The first effect of sin in us is always to make us hide, with the result that we are pretending we are wearing a mask. We are not real with either God or man, and of course, neither God nor man can fellowship with an unreal person. The way back into fellowship with the Lord Jesus will bring us again into fellowship with our brother, too. All unloved must be recognized as sin and given to the Lord Jesus for his blood to cover and then it can be put right with our brother also. As we come back to the Lord Jesus like this, we shall find his love for our brother filling our hearts and wanting to express itself in our actions towards him. And we shall walk in the fellowship together again. So this is the highway life. It is no new astounding doctrine. It is not something new for us to preach. It is quite and spectacular. It is just a life to live day by day, in whatever circumstances the Lord has put us. It does not contradict what we may have read or heard about the Christian life. It just puts into simple pictorial language the great truths of sanctification. To start to live this life now will mean revival in our lives. To continue to live it will be revival continued. Revival is just you and me walking along the highway in complete oneness with the Lord Jesus and with one another with cups continually cleansed and overflowing with the life and love of God. That's a lot to think about. And I think it really explains some of the things that have been on my own heart. I don't always know how to put it into words, but I felt this put it into words really well. Um, When we allow those things to come between us and our brother, maybe it's just a veil at first. We can't quite see clearly. But what happens is, if we have that, it also affects our relationship with Jesus. And it's just a snowballing effect, and soon there's a brick wall there. And we wonder why our relationship with Christ is the way it is, and I think that has a big part to do with it. And these things that I share, I think are more for me than for you. I just, I feel real need of this in my own life, and I want God to do work. Um, but it's, it's in those little decisions day by day that we come you know, that happens, what, what are we going to do? Which way are we going to go? Is it going to take us closer to God or, or farther away? There, the last part says to continue. Um, revival is just you and me walking along 
the highway in complete oneness with the Lord Jesus and with one another, with cups continually cleansed and overflowing with the life and love of God. That's my desire. It's a beautiful picture, and I believe that's how it should be in our lives and with one another and how we relate. I'd like to turn yet to Second uh, Timothy 4. Second Timothy 4, verse 6. I'd just like to close with this. For I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearance. So I just want to leave that with you. Be encouraged. Press in. And don't allow those little things to take away from um, from what Christ wants to do for you or, or allow them to draw it closer to allow it to draw you closer to Christ and me. Um, by making those right decisions, those little decisions day by day. So I'll close with that.